The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off of your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN. And then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday, May the 1st, currently 11.08 on the East Coast. Here to recap what we saw in the association on Monday, uh, sorry, on Sunday. We'll also get into the two games on the schedule here tonight in the NBA playoffs. And then we will also preview the series between the Lakers and the Warriors game one tipping off on Tuesday between those two teams, but helping me to break it all down. You guys know him as a superstar of the show. It's the villain Terrell Furman jr. Terrell, how you feeling, my man? I'm good. I'm living. I'm ready for another day to get back into it. Yeah, man, it's uh, we're on officially on to round two. We had um, game seven between the Warriors and the Kings officially um, finished yesterday. Warriors do get the victory over the Sacramento Kings. They'll advance to play the L.A. Lakers uh, in the second round of the Western Conference. We'll dig into that uh, series and give our predictions and all that good stuff on the pod as well. Um, and then we also had game one yesterday between the New York Knicks and the Miami Heat. Uh, Heat do get the victory there, 108-101, which really was a tale of two uh, halves there, Terrell. Um, New York, as they kind of have all season long, they came out and looked really good in that first quarter, first half. They do get the cover in the first uh, first half. I believe they were up by six, and then it just turned into another usual New York Knicks where they cough up the lead. Um, but I think we got to give... Coach Spo the uh, the respect and I think the flowers as he's always done he's done a great job of making those adjustments in the second half but uh, nonetheless the he'd get the victory like I mentioned they take a one zero lead uh, we'll talk about the bigger news in this series or in this game with the injury to Butler and how serious it will be but uh, we can start with the Heat game first any takeaways from game one between those two squads. No, not really. It pretty much played out how I thought it would. Uh, no, Julius Randle was just really an impact of another scorer that the Knicks needed. And uh, the three-point shooting was really, really bad. Turnovers was really, really bad. And so uh, it's just certain little things they got to clean up. I think they feel like they were in that game all the way, and they just kind of let it slip away from them. So I'm excited for game two. I think that, you know, they'll handle business. Yeah, they should hopefully get uh, Julius Randle back in game two. I think he's closer to returning than uh, th- than later. But I think the bigger news in this series, or at least in the late in the fourth quarter, was Jimmy Butler rolling his ankle um, on a play. Uh, wasn't very much. Or wasn't very effective um, once he decided to you know gut it out and stay there or stay in the game uh-huh. for the Miami Heat. Uh, but he did say it feels like it's an ankle that I did roll uh, in the postgame interview. Uh, I believe it was Lisa Salters. But nonetheless, um, if you're if you're the Miami Heat and if you're Jimmy Butler, do you send him back to Miami, let him get rest for a week, treatment on the ankle, 
and then get them ready for game three, which isn't until Saturday. I know game two is on Tuesday, but what would you do if you were Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler? Uh, well, I mean, Jimmy Butler's going to want to play. He yeah. doesn't care. He's always going to want to play. But I think that there is a little bit of protecting the player from themselves and knowing that, hey, you stole home court back. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can go for it all and try to be up 2-0 or you can, you know, take your first game. And much like the Milwaukee series, you drop the next one, but you have two games at home that you feel really confident in yourself and being able to go and play. So uh, I think that, you know, He'll probably end up playing, but depending on the situation of the game, if the Knicks get out ahead and get out by a lot, they may just go ahead and call off the dogs and say, all right, let's just go ahead and get ready for game three, much like they did in the Milwaukee series. Yeah, I think that um, the type of player that Jimmy Butler is, like you mentioned, Terrell, that he'll he'll want to be out there, but how effective is he going to be? It's going to be the bigger question. So we'll see what the status of Jimmy Butler and also Julius Randle will be in game two and what adjustments actually both teams make. Um, this should be a great series. Uh, you know, it's not going to have that 1990s feel, but we know about those 1990s uh, rivalries between the, uh, the New York Knicks and the Miami Heat. Second game of the night, uh, it was game or afternoon, I should say, game seven between the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors. Um, this looked good, at least in the first half, uh, Terrell, uh, between these two teams. But nonetheless, the Warriors uh, pulled away in the second half. Uh, they outscored the Sacramento Kings 64 to 42 in that second half, a 20 point victory, 120 100, um, getting the game, game seven victory led by. Their superstar player, their all-star player, the Hall of Famer, Steph Curry, who dropped a 50-piece, the first 50-point game in a Game 7, I believe, in NBA history, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Most points in a Game uh, 7. Yep. He led the way. Uh, Warriors get it done. Uh, Any takeaways from this game or the series in particular? Yeah, I mean... It experience really came in in that last game, and they just were able to handle business, and Steph took over. Now, there are still a lot of concerns. Klay Thompson didn't play that well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jordan Poole had a bad series overall, and they're going to need those guys when they play the Lakers. So, yeah, Steph is amazing, but he's not going to be able to get it done for an entire series by himself, so they're going to need some really good contributions from the rest of that roster. But two wins on the road, game seven on the road, that – basically quarrels any question mark that you have about the Warriors in the playoffs on the road this season. Yeah, I think the the last three games, five, six, and seven, the road team won, won uh, each of those games. Game five, the Warriors got the victory. Game six, the Kings went into uh, San Francisco, got the victory there. And then the Warriors, obviously, in game seven, went into Sacramento and got the victory there. So um, are the road rules behind them? I'm not sure. But again, we'll, we'll talk about the series between the Lakers and the Warriors. But one player in particular, I think that kind of has been underrated, even in their championship run last season, has been Kamal Looney, who's just been a monster on the boards in this series so far. It'll be an interesting matchup uh, between Anthony Davis and Kamal Looney, but I think that's a guy that definitely needs his flowers. And you're 100% correct um, that they're going to need Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson uh, to definitely play better than they did in uh, the first round against Sacramento Kings. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that series Um after we handicap the two games that are on the schedule here tonight. Um, anything else from the weekend, Trill, that we may have no, missed? I'm good. 
All right, before we get into the two games here for tonight, let me tell everyone about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you also have a chance to win 500 big ones. Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. If you don't love them, exchange it for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. So, Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win $500 as part of the Shady May contest. Again, buy your Shady Rays in the month of May. Use that promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Take that receipt. Submit it at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win $500 in the month of May for the Shady May contest. All right, Terrell. Um, do you want to do the Lakers and Warriors series first or you want to handicap the two games here tonight first? What's up to you? Let, let's do the series first. I think it's a nice transition uh, from what we just talked about with the Warriors and the Lakers. So uh, round two, Lakers, Warriors, they're going to be matching up. Curly Singh. The series price right now, the updated price right now, Lakers plus 120 to win this series. Uh, and the Warriors are the favorites, minus 145 to go on and win the series to advance to the Western Conference Finals. These two teams did match up four times during the regular season. Lakers did win three out of the four matchups. But I think the three matchups did come after the uh, NBA trade deadline, um, after they actually put together the roster that they do have right now. I know LeBron... Missed the game uh, there. I think Steph missed one there as well. But nonetheless, Terrell, uh, let's start uh, with the series price here. Uh, which way are you leaning? Which team do you like to advance to the Western Conference Finals? <sighs> this has been a tough one for me. I think this has probably been the hardest one to yet. And I find myself leaning Lakers because... I think that they have probably the largest matchup discrepancy, which is Anthony Davis versus everybody else. But is Anthony Davis going to be able to show up for them in this series over the course of this series? I, I don't know. We've seen him take nights off in that Memphis series when we probably should have been averaging about 30 a game against the bigs against Memphis. So, yeah. Now you don't have a defensive player of the year in Jaron Jackson Jr. You do have a defensive player of the year in, in Draymond Green. So we'll see how he'll be able to take on the Anthony Davis matchup and if he'll be able to slow him down. But we've seen Anthony Davis play against this Warriors team before, and he's been able to give them a lot of contribution. We'll see what Jordan Poole does this series. Jordan Poole was essentially a non-factor last series. And so mm-hmm. if Jordan Poole's not going, I don't think they have a chance. I think they need his contribution, his 20-plus points that he can bring off the bench that will really, really get us going. He only scored over 20 in one game in seven in that series. 17-4, 16-22, 10-7-8. Yeah. 
Like that's 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 yeah. not gonna get it done. No, it's not gonna get it done. And the shooting percentages were really bad as well. So if Jordan Poole can't provide a spark off the bench for this team and Anthony Davis gets going, it, it just seems like the Lakers are gonna roll here. So I'm also one of a of a narrative and come on, like what's the narrative of LeBron saying, Yeah, you need a KD to beat me? And he they're coming back out and handling the Warriors, their first loss in the Western Conference in the Steve Kerr era, I believe it is. I don't think yeah. they've lost a series to the Western Conference in a Steve Kerr era. So it sounds like LeBron's the guy to get it done. I'm getting plus money with the Lakers. I was probably going to take the plus money no matter which side it was on, but yeah. plus money with the Lakers, I'll take it. Yeah, I think a lot of the points that you made is obviously number one, Jordan Poole, right? Like they're going to need him. You read off the numbers of what he was, um, well, what he did against uh, the Sacramento Kings. And you know, Steph Curry also mentioned this in the game um, after the game was over in game seven that it's two different styles here between the Sacramento Kings and the LA Lakers. Lakers were one of the teams that did like pushing pace. In the, during the regular season, but also I think there's more confidence in the Lakers having the better half-court offense than the Sacramento Kings, obviously, when you have, like you mentioned, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that really stuck out to me, and we talked about this Sean and Ryan last night as well, was that there was a different leading score for the Lakers in every single one of those games. I think that, you know, for people that didn't look at this roster or looked at this roster before the trade deadline and said, oh, or, you know, Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, how are they going to even make it to the playoffs? But, you know, they they made the trades. They got um, – they picked up D'Lo. They got uh, Rui Achimura, who had a great game one against the Memphis Grizzlies. Austin Reeves progressed very nicely throughout the season. Uh, he's looking really good for them. And they had a different leading score every single one of those games. So they didn't have to rely on Anthony Davis and LeBron James every single night. And you mentioned there was some a few games there against Memphis where Anthony Davis, you know, either didn't have the production that we thought he would, or he was just, you know, not, I don't want to say checked out, but, you know, it looked like he took a night off. But nonetheless, uh-huh. they did get the job done. Um, and I just like the depth for this, this Lakers team. Uh, more than I do like it for the Golden State Warriors. If I had to ask you, who do you think has a better bench between the Lakers and the Warriors? What would you say? I think the Lakers are deeper. Yeah, I agree. I think the Lakers that. are. I think the top end talent of Jordan Poole is better than anything coming off of the Lakers bench. But I mean, look at what he's done in four games against the Lakers this season. He was four for fifteen in one game, eleven for twenty-five in another, three for thirteen, and three for eleven. Like. You know, he, he hasn't been on it against them in the regular season, so we'll see if he can turn on and flip that switch for the postseason. But if Jordan Poole's not going mm-hmm. and the Lakers bench is able to, you know, like I said, go as deep as they are and be able to get contributions from a Rui Hachimara, from other guys like that, then yeah. it's going to be a really, really hard uphill battle for the Warriors. They need to be able to get their scorers going. Yeah, JR is making a great point as well. Like, how much does Looney have in the tank after what he was able to do in the in the first series against the uh, against the Kings? And you no, know, also mentioning that he's gonna have to deal deal with bigger bodies like Anthony Davis, like AD, we talked about Vanderbilt, LeBron. Yeah. Like, it's gonna be a lot of people down there fighting for rebounds. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, I like the Lakers here as well for the series. Um, obviously, for the, a lot of the points that I. We know we both just mentioned here. Um, 
so any series props, any uh, series spreads? What are we looking at here, Terrell? Oh, man. This is different because I'm so on the fence about this series and what I like for this series. Uh, I think uh, what's interesting mm-hmm. is the totals, the total points market. Okay. And I say that because Steph is minus 390. So I think they're just assuming Steph is potentially going for 30 plus every single game. Mm-hmm. But can Anthony Davis not go for 30 plus in every single game as well? Like, I I mean, I'm just you look at you look at it, and AD is seven to one to be the series leader in total points. Mm-hmm. Now I get that Steph is a guard and he's the greatest shooter of all time, but if they do find a way to neutralize Steph and force him to at least defer to other people more, seven to one for Anthony Davis feels like a really, really fun bet. So during the regular season, the four matchups, um, he averaged 22.8. He had a 39 piece, a 27 piece, and then a, th- a game where he had like Anthony Davis. Okay. Um, 13 points, but he only shot five of 19 in the one game where he had 12 points, but he only got five field goal attempts in that game. So I think that you're right. I think we both agree that Anthony Davis is going to have to have a big series here. I think Kevin Looney does match up pretty well against him. I think that he can give him fits, but if Anthony Davis is able to you know, work in the post or you know pull out Kevin Looney, we know that Anthony Davis can knock down that mid-range jump shot as well. So seven to one doesn't seem like a it does seem like a good value play here for Anthony Davis. Yeah, you're right, Steph Curry. I see he's at minus three ninety. Um they also have Anthony Davis minus three ninety to be the rebounding leader, which again during the regular season averaged about ten and a half rebounds. He had two games uh-huh. where he had double digit rebounds of sixteen and twelve uh uh-huh. for the uh Lakers. But yeah, again, Anthony Davis is gonna have to be a factor in this series. There's no question about it. What else? Yeah, if he's healthy, if he's healthy, he's gotta he's gotta do a lot. But yeah. uh I mean I see Lakers plus one and a half games at minus one ninety. I kinda don't even wanna take that. Uh Uh, over under is five and a half minus one ninety as well plus one fifty five for the under. Is there a way that that one of these teams? Because I think everybody's assuming that this is going to be just a great series. Mm-hmm. Is there a way that one of these teams just straight up gets the better of the other and gets this done rather quickly? I think that I could see a scenario where. They could be done in five games. Yeah, and I think like, it I could probably be the Lakers. I don't think I don't think it'd be I don't think it'd be weird if if it's just the bat, nobody can adjust. Like we've seen, I mean, we've seen the Lakers go in without LeBron and beat Steph Curry and the Warriors at home. Like yeah. we've seen them be able to do that. We've seen the Warriors be able to go out and beat the Lakers. So I, I I'm very interested. I think that. If you like a side, you should whatever side you like, you should sprinkle on them to get it done in one and a half games. So if you like the Warriors side, that's plus one fifty five. If you like the Lakers yeah. side, that's plus one ninety five. 
even though I'm conflicted on how this actually ends, I feel fairly confident that I think that the winning side can get this done quicker than people think. And this doesn't automatically mean that the that the Warriors are going back to another seven game series. Yeah, I think that makes sense. But I don't know. I, I just I feel like that for the for the Warriors, even like during the regular season, even the round one against the against the Kings, like they they're a turnover prone team. Like they've come out and said because of the style of play, the way they play basketball, they're going to turn they're going to turn the ball over. It's just in, it seems like in a, it's inevitable for them. But I think for the Lakers, if the turnovers are going to continue for the Warriors, like the Lakers are going to take advantage of those turnovers and they're going to. I think that might be the difference in this series if if the Lakers win and the Warriors lose. Um, and also this team, this Lakers team, we saw it in throughout the series against the Memphis Grizzlies that they're a far better defensive team than they were uh, than the Sacramento Kings are. Like we saw it that the couple games were a shootout. Like we saw a lot of points uh-huh. going back and forth. Where this could turn into a half court, you know, offense and half court or half court game. Especially in that second half, where the pace the pace really slows down a little bit, and I do trust, you know, both offenses in that situation as well. But I think that when we talk about defensively, I I, I give that check mark that check box to the Lakers. There's no question about it because we saw them lock in in Game Six against the Memphis Grizzlies in that series, and you know, for the Warriors defensively i don't think that they were very good throughout the season they had their moments in round one against the sacramento kings uh-huh. um but i just think that right now i like to like the lunch sorry the the bench better for the lakers um they have more depth like we talked about do the lakers in on that uh-huh. bench and then also obviously you have two of the top five players arguably we can say depending on where you rank them with the lakers when healthy lebron and ad um, but I think I 100% agree with also what you said, Terrell, that it can't be on the back of Steph Curry. Like they're going to have to get offensive contributions from Clay Thompson, from Jordan Poole. Uh, uh-huh. Andrew Wiggins is going to have to chip in as well. So um, I'm going to go with the team with a better defense here. I think I like Lakers in six games. That's that if you want to get on the exact price, Lakers at uh, in six games is at four to one. And then if we think that Lakers win game one and they go on to win the series as well, that was finally posted by the books. That's at plus 285. Okay. Uh, what else? Anything else that you do like? Uh, no, no. This is going to be a fun one. Yeah, this is going to be a fun series. I wouldn't be surprised if this does go seven games. Um, but hopefully Lakers do get this job done. All right. Before we get into the two games here for tonight, uh, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Plus, plenty of ways to win with the NBA, NHL, and MLB with their player prop parlays. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And it's Kentucky Derby Week and the Notorious OTB brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network for all your triple crown bets. Plus, leave a review for the show wherever you get your podcast between now and the and the Belmont Saturday, June 10th, and you'll be entered into a drawing to win a canvas, a canvas print of the Wolves' one-of-a-kind fallen Bob painting. It's post time. 
All right, Terrell, we got two games on the docket here tonight between uh, the first game is going to be, let's see what we got, Um, game one between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics. Currently, the line, I believe, has moved a little bit. Uh, Let's see. Yes, it's down to nine and a half right now for um the boston celtics did get some news or a little bit of update i guess we should say about joel Embiid. he did participate in shoot around but still remains doubtful for the uh philadelphia 76ers so currently at stands game one in boston minus nine and a half total of 214 let's start with the side here terrell celtics minus nine and a half um where are we going uh yeah I mean, I'm going Philly. Yeah, like I don't know why we started with me on this talk, but I'm going Philly. I'm always going to roll with the opposite side of Boston. But, I mean, I think it's the typical, you know, we've seen this script before where, you know, somebody's in the playoffs missing their star player and everybody else steps up for a game. Everybody else keeps everything rolling. It's like nothing ever happened and they find ways to make the game competitive or make the game close or even win the game outright. Yeah. And we've seen this Boston team, even in playoffs, play with their food. We've seen them do it in the regular season. We've seen them do it in the playoffs as well. They have played with their food at times and not gotten teams up out of there when they probably should. And so – Long rest for the 76ers here. A lot of time for not just Joe and B, but other people that are, especially James Harden, mm-hmm. other people that are dealing with nagging things to get those things kind of tightened up and before this series. So I expect to see a quicker pace game. I expect to see them utilize Paul Reed against Al Horford and try to get him some things going and get him going early and Tyrese Maxey to come in here and have a really, really good game for the 76ers and keep this game close. Yeah, I'm not going to argue. I, I, I'm going to take the points here, the plus nine and a half with you with the Sixers. Um, with or without Joel Embiid, I, I don't think that he'll play here tonight. Um, I think they'll be more cautious as well. But I, I'm, I think what you mentioned there without Joel Embiid, and we talked about this a lot on the pod as well, is that they do play with a quicker pace when uh, Embiid is not on the floor, right? Whether that's with Tyrese Maxey at the point or whether that's with James Harden getting the ball up the floor. Um, as well, and I think that for the for the for the Philadelphia 76ers, I think you'll see a big game here tonight from Tyrese Maxey, and they're going to need him obviously if Embiid does in fact not play here tonight. Um, they're also going to have to look at Tobias Harris um, as well. I think those two guys are going to have to put on at least you know 17 to 20 points here tonight each. Um, Harden surprisingly was really good against his Boston team uh, during the regular season. Um, I want to say he had 20 points at minimum in all uh, four games this season. Let me see. But yeah, he had 35, 26, 21, and 20 in the four games this season against the Boston Celtics. Um, So, again, I know you've been a huge fan of Paul Reed, rightfully so, and I think that if he does uh, play here tonight in in place of Joel Embiid and does get the start, you kind of got to look at his either points prop or rebounds prop. Don't see it currently listed, but as far as the side right now, I can see a world where at least the Philadelphia 76ers can get the cover. Would it be surprised if they get the outright victory in game one? No, because like Terrell said, that we've seen Boston play with their food um, and they did it in game five against, you know, the Atlanta Hawks, where they had an opportunity 
to wrap they that almost did up. it in game six it, oh, was, yeah. it was almost happening game six they went on a run at the end of the game and and secured the fact that they didn't have to go back to boston for a game seven but i mean i, I just i don't think that watching them play against the hawks warranted this series price and yeah um, I understand why the game price is here because Joe Embiid is a huge piece, and you right. would expect Boston to roll without Joe Embiid, who has given them fifty this year. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Uh, all right, let's get over to the total here. Currently two fourteen has climbed half a point since last night. Where's that two thirteen and a half? Uh, what are you thinking about the total? Uh, two fourteen and a half. Yeah, I guess I gotta say that I think that it goes over. And just that, you know, Philly's going to run at a quicker pace and tempo up up and down on the court, whereas um, Boston has no issue doing that. Boston And Boston, uh, I, I question their defense at time. I really, really do. Yeah. And sometimes I'm looking at them like, man, you guys are really just letting them do whatever with, you know, a year ago having all these players that were all defensive team type players and – now it just seems like maybe it's coaching, you know, but it seems like there's not much of an emphasis on that, and they're perfectly fine putting up 120-plus points on a team for a win. So, yeah, I think this can go over the total 214.5. I think this is going to be a different series for Philly than it was for against the Knicks. Yeah, I think that as we get deeper uh, into the playoffs here that – Maybe something similar, I think, to last season where, you know, maybe in, in – I mean, this was in the finals, but I think we at least do got to give the coaching edge, at least in these first few games, to Doc Rivers over Joe Missoula, um, until it gets to game seven. But um, I, I think that for the Sixers, yeah, I think they'll definitely make the adjustments here. And I do think – or as the kind of game goes on, even if it's at halftime, where if Boston is up, I think that Philly can still make it a game in the second half. But – um, I do like the over here tonight. I think we'll see some pace from both teams, especially in that first half. Um, it, we talked about it, that the pace does go up a little bit for the Philadelphia 76ers when Joel Embiid is not on the floor. But um, I think 214 and a half is a little conservative. So I'm going to go with the over on the total. Getting over to some player props here, Terrell. I know a lot of it does hinge on Joel Embiid. Uh, if he isn't or if he's not playing here tonight. But um, what are you thinking about some player props in this game? Uh, yeah, if MB is not a go, I'm going to trust my guy, Paul Reed. And if the books are not terrified to release his props, which they shouldn't be, then I will be on my guy, Paul Reed's rebounds and points props. And I'll probably end up sprinkling on him for a little double-double. Yeah. Uh, I am on – I mean, I feel like it's regular. James Harden assists. Like, I think he's going to be the focal point of the offense and trying to get everyone going, especially with an up, uptick in pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to have a lot of transition assist opportunities, and so I'm expecting James Harden to have a nice day on the assist. And on the Boston side of the ball, I think – I mean, does Derek White just keep doing what he's been doing? He's been so consistent, but I think you can't get away from it. Like, he's been – I've been waiting for him to fall off a cliff and thinking, all right, this is going to be, you know, the rough Derek Wright stretch, and that's what's going to secure someone. But, no, he's been consistently playing well. His prop is at 13 and a half. Yeah, he did only have seven in game uh, – was it game six against Atlanta? 
he only got up nine shots. He was one of five from three. But other than that, he's been more consistent than he than he hasn't been for the for the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I um thirteen in FSC's number. What's his threes at? I think it's at minus one ninety at one and a half. Um, I was looking at Jalen Brown here tonight against the Sixers. See what he's done against them uh, during the regular season. Uh, did he, he didn't play against them this season? Oh, let me see. Yeah, it doesn't seem like Jalen Brown played in any of the games this season. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon has had really good uh, games against the 76ers this season. 16, 19, and 5, and 18 in four games. Uh, his assist total, 4, 3, 1, 3 in that span as well. I'm looking at his points prop, and he's sitting at 12.5 today at minus 140. So I think that's a pretty decent look at Malcolm Brockton to have a pretty a pretty good game again, especially off the bench and help uh, supply some additional level scoring for them. I think Robert Williams might be worth a look as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. For, uh, he only played in one game during the regular season against the Sixers. Uh, but he did have 14 points, eight rebounds in 31 minutes, seven of seven from the floor. Um, I think his points prop was at seven and a half here tonight. A little bit of juice at minus 130. So I see his um, double double at plus three at three to one, basically oh, three to one odds. Yeah. Yeah. I think you got to sprinkle on that for sure. Um, yeah. That's all I had for this game. Do you have anything else? No, no. All right, second game of the night, we have game two between the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. I am currently seeing the line is at four and a half in favor of the home team. And so as soon as I click that, the number goes down to four. Um, total is up to 228 and a half for this game. Um, we saw Denver in game one. Well, they took care of business against the Phoenix Suns. Um, whether it was a second half out to that kind of got to Phoenix or uh-huh. whatever the case might have been, but Denver just they just look like the better team, led by Jamal Murray. But an incredible game one for the uh Denver Nuggets. Looking for the Phoenix Suns to bounce back here tonight. The line currently sits at minus four over on DraftKings in favor of the Denver Nuggets. And like I mentioned, total just dipped up. To 228 and a half. Uh, Kevin Durant had a great game as well, at least in the first three and a half quarters uh, in game one. I think he finished that game up with 29 points of 12 of 19 shooting. Jamal Murray, like I mentioned, 34 points. And uh, did go over the total of 227 and a half, uh, 125, 107 victory. Finney's looking to bounce back here in game two as a four point underdog. What are you thinking about this game here, Terrell? Yeah, I think it's zigzag theory. I'm expecting Phoenix to come in here and get a win as a dog on the road in Denver. I know it's a tough, tough place to play, but I expect to see the adjustments of Monty Williams to come in. They kind of just like that game got out of hand for them, and uh, Denver wasn't missing. Like they weren't missing. They were hitting everything. I think Aaron Gordon started out hitting what his first five, six shots, something like that. He had a great game. It seemed like everybody was, you know, how Jamal Murray was getting down. Everybody was all systems go, and it just kind of got away from them. But now 
they're ready to make the adjustments to apply a little bit more pressure defensively. I think that uh, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant will have a really good game. I'm just waiting to see Monty Williams finally get that bench unit going. When they get yeah. the bench unit going, I think is no doubt in my mind that they run away with this game. But that's a really tough ask because they've had, what, six games to this point to get it going, and they haven't. So yeah. campaign's got to come back. He's got to play more minutes. He's got to be effective and be able to lead that group and put position people around him that can just score the basketball. Yeah, it was really that second quarter in game one, which kind of was the difference. Um, other than that, the other three quarters game, or sorry, quarter one, quarter three, and quarter four were a difference. Uh, I mean, they were even uh, in point differential. It was just that second quarter where Denver outscored Phoenix 37 to 19, where, like you mentioned, you're kind of looking at that bench trying to come in and, and you know, give some rest period to guys like Kevin Durant, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So I'm still not sure why campaign hasn't gotten, you know, minutes um, coming off of the bench for the uh, Phoenix suns. I know he was, I was surprised player. in that game. I know he was injured in the first series, but I was yeah. surprised to see him only come in at the end of the game, that game. I don't know if they're still being cautious with them or what, but uh, that, that he was a big thing of, you know, what they wanted to do coming off the bench after training away a lot of their pieces. And so, I'm very much expecting to see some some type of rotation, some type of maybe Torian Craig comes back into the starting lineup and mm-hmm. Nicole moves back to the bench. Like, if, let's figure out some type of rotation to get those bench guys going yeah. with the starters rather than just depending on them trying to do it for themselves. Yeah, because Tory Craig played 24 minutes in game one. Josh Okogie Josh only played 19 uh, for the Phoenix Suns. Um, and then Landry Shamit 14, Damian Lee, 12. And then it was pretty much in garbage time where Isaiah Wainwright campaign, like we mentioned, and Terrence Ross uh-huh. each played five minutes. But even in that five minutes campaign was out there, five points, three rebounds. I know it was against the bench of or the back end of the bench of the Denver Nuggets as well. But... Uh, I think that he's definitely got to get, uh, you know, his minutes up, whether that's in the range of 15, 17, 20 minutes. I know you mentioned that he was dealing with a back injury uh, for yeah. the Phoenix Suns. So hopefully tonight is a night where we do see a uh, campaign playing more minutes here tonight. Um, I do like Denver in the first half. Um, and, I, and I'll tell you a reason why I do say that um, they've been really good in the first quarters and first halves uh, in, in their home games. But I think the one thing that had really stuck out to me for the Phoenix Suns, uh, especially in the playoffs here, so the six games in this playoffs, um, they've been really good in the third quarter. Um, and I kind of wrote down the numbers as well. So they're averaging 37.7 points per game in that third quarter, um, and their point margin uh, is plus 8.7 on average in that third quarter. Now, if you want to take away the 50-piece that they put up against the Clippers in that third quarter, uh, which was, what, game five, um, they're still averaging 35.2 points in the third quarter in the five playoff games, and they have a plus margin of 5.2. So it seems that they kind of find something in that third quarter, and they've been up or they've had a plus four advantage at minimum in all six quarters. Mm -hmm. uh, Sorry, all six games in that third quarter. So – Denver also has a defensive rating of 127.1 in the third quarter in the playoffs thus far. So I think that if Phoenix is trailing at some point uh, or if even if it is a tie game at half, 
Uh, I'm going to come back and play that third quarter for the Phoenix Suns. I feel like they've, you know, they're making some type of adjustments at the half um, and they're coming out and playing real well in that third quarter. But as far as the game, I'm with you. I do like Phoenix at least to cover the number here tonight. Um, let's get over to the total here. Just ballooned up to 228 and a half. Uh-huh. Saw 232 points scored in the first uh, game of this series. But what are you thinking about the total here, Terrell? Yeah, I am on the under in this game. Okay, I expect to be. I expect to see a lot better defensive effort from Phoenix and just Denver not being able to contain. Like that was an amazing offensive explosion. I don't think people understand how good they were on offense. It felt like almost every other shot that they were taking was going in, and I don't think that's sustainable. And you know, you get a better defensive effort from Phoenix. I think Phoenix will slow the pace down. Mm -hmm. a little bit and kind of play things at their spot, set up their guys that they know they can score the basketball, set up Kevin Durant, set up DeAndre Ayton in the pick and roll, set up Devin Booker. Like they're going to be more methodical on offense and more efficient on offense while limiting the Denver Nuggets defensively. So I think this is a slower paced game. I'm going with the under. Yeah, I think we're we're expecting, I think the first half under maybe something to play that the Suns just Mm -hmm. come out. You know, get focused on the defensive side, like you mentioned, after what, you know, Denver was able to do in that first half of game one. Um, so I think that, you know, we talk about a game to game adjustments, the zigzag three. I think defensively, they have to be better here tonight um, for the Phoenix Suns. So I'll look at the first half under in this game. Um, I just feel like that in that second half, that Phoenix, you know, could push that total over. In the second half, I'm going to be looking at that third quarter, what the numbers are or what the spreads are for that third quarter, because uh-huh. that's really something telling for me after, you know, looking into that. But I'm looking at the first half under this game. Player props, Terrell, what are we looking at? Oh, man. I mean, I've said it before. I'm there. I don't know if you can get me away from betting KD every game this series. No, I don't think Denver is going to has the commitment to want to pull off of anybody else to double them and i think that if you keep giving kevin durant you know looks like that like single looks then he's gonna play really really well so i am on kevin durant points of course i actually like his blocks at one and a half plus 155 as well he had three blocks in that first game and i talked about everybody stepping up defensively i think kevin durant has shown that he's able to be a two-way player play on both sides use his size and length and be able to make some really key blocks so i like his one his one and a half blocks as well at plus money and um going back to that same defensive tip and Devin Booker's been really, really active. Like, let me, let's just read off the, you know, the steals he had in that first series: four, one, three, three, two, and he had one steal in that last game. His one and a half, his one and a half steals is at minus one fifteen. Mm-hmm. I think that he gets into the basking lanes. He gets more active. He understands that hey, we got to start creating turnovers. We can't just let Denver do whatever they want with the ball. And he's been, he's proven over the course of the season that he is somebody that can really mm-hmm. affect the game, turning the ball over. So. Definitely looking forward to seeing uh, a reinvigorated Phoenix team defensively. Yeah, uh, I, I've been loving the um, defensive props this playoffs with their steals, steals and blocks combined, whether it's just blocks. Um, that has been treating me real well um, this postseason. I think you're right. You can't get away from Kevin Durant, 28 and a half points. I think that's, you got to play the over there automatically. Maybe even if you want to ladder it up to like 
35, 40, 45, or not, at least a 40. I think that he can have a big game. Uh, Jokic rebounds, something I'm looking at as well. 13 and a half. That number has dominated. Been Aiton. Dominated yeah. Aiton. I think that's just going to continue. Um, and he did it during the regular season as well, did Nikola Jokic. He had 19 rebounds uh, in game one. Eight of them were offensive rebounds for Nikola Jokic. So currently that number's at 13 and a half. Do like the over there. Um, Devin Booker assist. It may be something as well. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, they did adjust it to six and a half, but he did have eight assists in the first game. Um, and again, if they, like you mentioned, if they are going to be doubling uh, Devin Booker, that's just going to open up opportunities for Kevin Durant. And um, Devin Booker has been able to rack up those assists, or at least in game one. He still had 27 points, but he did finish up with eight assists as well. And he's also been filling up the defensive stat sheet as well. Um, uh-huh. He had two blocks and one steal as well for the Phoenix Suns. And again, for the Phoenix Suns, like you with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, like you have to look at overs purely just based on the amount of minutes that they're playing every single night in the playoffs here thus far. Uh-huh. Uh, Durant also had 14 rebounds uh, in game one. So I don't know if you want to look at his rebounds or points and rebounds, maybe it's a combination there as well. Um, but those were the, some of the ones that I was looking at. Anything else uh, you liked? Um. Yeah, I kind of want to get out on a three-point prop for the Suns just saying that they realize they got to start taking more attempts. They got to start doing better from three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Maybe I'll probably wait a little bit longer to see if we can get Torian Craig out there and you yeah. know him just being the odd man that they leave open. And he was able to cash that three-point prop a lot in that Clippers series. So we'll yeah. see what the starting lineup looks like. And if we can get a Torian Craig three-point prop, I'll probably take that. It's probably like minus one and a half, like over one and a half or something like that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he did, like we mentioned, he came off the bench in game one of this series. Played 24 minutes, but he only got up two shot attempts. Oh, sorry, three shot attempts, two of them which were three-pointers. He did make one. But at the beginning of the series uh, against the Clippers, where he was playing around 25 to 27 minutes, he was 2 of 4, 5 of 8, 3 of 4, at least in those first three games uh, uh-huh. against the Clippers. So um, you're right that they do realize that they're going to have to you know, take some more three-point shots. And we know both Devin Booker and Kevin Durant can knock them down as well. So uh-huh. uh, that's a great call. Uh, all right, anything else? No, I'm good. All right, let's close it out strong here for our episode. Um, let's go with our lock and dog. Um, you want to give out a lock and dog for the games tonight and then maybe like a series lock for uh, the Lakers and the Warriors? A uh, lock for the Lakers and the Warriors. Yikes. Uh, all right, so for tonight, for my lock, let's go with... Let's go with Phoenix plus four and a half. I think they, I really think they get it done. And they, okay. this is the exact theory. Uh, I understand Denver is good at home, but I think that the playoffs are a different beast, a different animal. And you see with the Warriors, who were terrible on the road, and then go win a closeout elimination game seven on the road, that anything happens in the playoffs. So I will take Phoenix plus four and a half as my lock for okay. my dog. Let's find some value somewhere no puppy picks around here we're doing <laughs> legit dogs 
All right. Do I want to stay in that game or do we go to Boston? Because mm, Brockton's number isn't high enough. Uh, who do I trust? I trust Maxie. Do I, trust, I don't think I gave Maxie enough praises how much I think I trust him in this series. I know he had a rough regular season uh, against the uh, Celtics, but like we we knew we talked like he's gonna have to step up here tonight if MB does is in fact yeah and I think I think Jim Harton steps up too now like I'm not gonna put it all on Maxi so yeah uh, let's have some fun let's go with how does how does James Harton do when he plays by himself it's a bunch of isolation step back threes and if he's on he cashes a bunch of them he's probably gonna take at least what eight nine so Three, give me yeah. four plus four plus threes made for James Harden plus two twenty all right. Um, all right, for my lock, um, I do like two player props, but I'll just give everything out. So I'll go Sixers plus the nine and a half here tonight as my lock. Um, I think that they can definitely keep this within the number. Um, just purely based off if MB doesn't go here tonight, like I think the pace that they will play out without Embiid. Um, and again, the time that they've had off to make adjustments, like they probably know that Embiid's not going to play here tonight. So Doc Rivers and that coaching staff has gone, okay, how are we going to attack this Boston Celtics, you know, mm-hmm. defense with all the time that they've had off, you know, kind of going back to the drawing board and looking at that in that perspective where, I think that you also mentioned this that you know, and you have mentioned this that Boston tend to play with their food um, during the regular season, and we saw it in the playoffs as well, both in games five and six. They did get the cover in game uh, six, luckily. Um, I had plus seven, but they they won the game by eight. But I think that I think Philly will be competitive in this game for sure. Um, I think they can keep it within the number, so I'm going to go Philly plus the nine and a half as my lock. For my dog, um, I'm going to go Kevin Durant steals and blocks over two and a half. And that number is currently on DraftKings at plus 155. Um, Again, we mentioned that the defense should be at a higher um, intensity here tonight for the Uh Phoenix Suns. And mentioned that he can block shots. He can get his hand in the passing lanes. He can get those block. I'm sorry, the, the steals as well. So I think he'll also fill up the defensive stat sheet here. So over two and a half at plus 155. Devin Booker is also at two and a half at plus 150. Um, so I think that we've seen Devin Booker get it done as well. Both of those guys, I believe in game one, had at least three or more combined defensive stats. So um, I think that they can get it done here tonight as well. So I'll go with both of them. Kevin Durant plus 155 and also Devin Booker at plus 150 as my dog. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Anything else, Terrell, we want to mention before we get out of here, my man? No, no, I'm good. All right, make sure to follow the NBA Gambling Podcast Twitter account at SGPNNBA. Uh, make sure to follow, follow Terrell on Twitter and Instagram at ReallyWell underscore underscore. And follow me on Twitter 
at SportsNerd824. If you haven't already, smash that like button for us before you get out of here and subscribe to the YouTube channel for the NBA Gambling Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow uh, for the Tuesday games. Recap what we saw on Monday. Be Terrell, Scott, and Delonte tomorrow. So, again, make sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride.